there is no place in hell like loose like the official discord or the reddit or just some of the crazy ideas that come out of uh some of the fans some of the guys that maybe not like the game and you know we kind of some of these are maybe just grumbles other ones are straight into conspiracy theories and we're gonna go ahead and use this episode to dive into a little bit of those maybe have a little fun with them have some humor see if any have any truth uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about Patch 16, the competitive scene update, which is in full swing, uh, and all this and more on episode 19 of Hell Let's Talk. And we are back. At so we're back. Go. So we've got I've got a UFO on my screen. He's got the Illuminati. We're here to talk conspiracy theories with Hell Let Loose. A lot of these are coming from the public, uh, such as yourselves here watching the show. Um, and there's some squirrely ones in there. But I think we're going to have a really action packed show with a lot of content to unwind. Um, I'm looking forward to it. How you been? Well, I've been good. You know, uh, I've been having uh, the, the we're out of summer now. Football's back in season, or American football for your Europeans. I know, not soccer, uh, but doing good. That temperature's starting to cool down. Things heating up though with the comp scene. Uh, you got the 18, 18 just finished up. We'll get into that, but dude, I'm excited because we're bringing back Mosca. It's been way too long Mosca! since we had Mosca here. It's our favorite and, Spaniard. Uh, dude, and it was like he's like, hey, we need to have you back on. He's like, I've got a cartoon in mind. Which one you want? One or two? So we're gonna see which one he has. And then it'll be unleashed on the Reddit and uh, community out there. But uh, let's go ahead and just dive right into it. Uh, uh, well, before we do, I got to say welcome oh. any PS5 beta players we might have in the audience or we'll follow up on this on YouTube. Welcome uh, to the game of Hell Let Loose. We yeah. don't play PS5. We're strictly talking game. Not going to do the console breakdowns here. Yeah. I actually, I was going to say, I bought a PlayStation 5, but I think that's really? more of like Madden and whatnot. It's coming, it's shipping. I, I will destroy know. you in Madden, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get Madden, one. Madden podcast. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, yeah, so we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to pick it up. I kind of feel like dirty as if I go from like a PC to a console. I don't know. We'll, we'll you bring too much stability to that uh, that group. I tell you that much. <laughs> But but it is you're you're right. Uh, we do got a, a lot wider base now coming in. You've seen some feedback on Reddit, so you know, let's let's not forget them. Let's actually make them our toast, Digi. To the That's console players, may your to aim the... assist be true. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> this is already hitting it pretty hard. Well, anyways, let's get into it. You've got some patch sixteen update notes for us here. It was uh, the latest and greatest. It went live on September fourteenth. What would it, what did it cover? Yeah, we talked a little bit about that in the last episode. So I just want to make sure uh, if you didn't catch the last episode, you're getting some of the major highlights. Um, I think one of the big ones that's going to help a lot of new players and just kind of take over quality of life is that the in-game map and the compass are now aligned. So mm. before the map was aligned to just what made best for the user interface, and then your compass in-game was true to the orientation of uh, the map in real life. Um, that got really funky on maps like Omaha. I was trying to think of some of the other ones that are a little skewed from that nature. Uh, so that now you don't even have to say map north or compass north. Now north will be north regardless of where you're looking. So. Up is up, down is down. You know, yes. they try to simplify that for a lot of the newer people coming in here. I never had issue. I don't know about yourself, but, you know, map north was always the, the slang you would just use. Just go up, <laughs> you know, like you reference it yeah. up it's from me, better. down from me. I mean, I was just happy when someone said that, not like they're over there. Where's there? Oh, to my yeah. left. I don't know yeah. where the fuck you're at. Ping, but... ping, ping. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, what is it? We had a uh, Stalingrad. Got some love. Did have did have a, some love on Stalingrad. They did an optimization pass. We still had some information. It's coming back a little bit like Stuttergrad. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to do further refinements, but it is smoother and sleeker than it ever was before. So we're just seeing those revamps through all those new materials and uh, maps come through. Hopefully that makes it a little bit nicer on, some, on most systems at this yeah, point. So, it, but it's it's not perfected yet. And did you, you actually mm -mm. found this? Uh... 
uh, out there. This was on Reddit, I want to say that he looked yeah, at. Yeah, um, posted a couple weeks back. You can see the really ups and downs, like the highs are high and the downs are downs. And it's not really just a buttery smooth like line across. It's really jittery. So I think I think, you know, it, it, it it's better than it was. Um, I still I still haven't figured out that map or how to play it um, effectively amongst the rubble. But, uh, you know, again, a smoother performance is only going to make me enjoy trying to learn that map a little bit more. Every time it comes up, I'm a little hesitant to be eager to, to play on it. But yeah. we're getting there. I, and you know, if you go back to when Carantan first came out, they had a lot of issues with Carantan. In fact, there's a lot of competition to disband that map because of the performance yeah. issues. Yeah. And now uh, it's improved to the point now where you're seeing it in competitive play. I think mm -hmm. more people are having stability on that. Stalingrad will get there. My, my issue with Stalingrad is I just I don't like the gameplay on it that much. I, I was going to say it just, it's different. It's different. Yeah. And it's depressing. I was going to say, it's a help, you know, like, I mean, when you go from the European campaign, you know, it's green, it's lush mm -hmm. fields. Even, even Purple Heart Lane isn't that feel like depressing as like Stalingrad and I, I love it's raining they, and, and overcast it's yeah. you're bound to die a lot so I don't <laughs> I don't I, know I what kind of purple lane you're playing but yeah. yeah I love that the artistic and what uh, Tony or uh, Danny Art and uh, Gretzen been able to do but I'm just like dude I don't want to be that depressed playing a video game I need mm -hmm. to get that still war and death but whatever mm -hmm. so that's Stalingrad um Probably uh, one of the big things, and you're going to hear this, you're going to hear this, this is going to be one of those HL myths that is going on from people come back to the game. If you mm -hmm. get knocked down near an enemy garrison, you will no longer knock it by being incapacitated. Huge, now, huge. Yeah. I and, mean, and that, that was the play. I, I think we've done it numerous times. You've done it to me fucking numerous times. <laughs> I, 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 you know, you know what's what's happening when you see that red, that red lockup icon on every garrison. You're like, who's got a grenade? But no more is what yeah. you're saying. So that'll yeah. be a big change. Um, I, I had to correct somebody yesterday playing games uh, that that's no longer a thing. So it's still going to make its rounds um, and more people become cognizant of like these little updates as well. Yeah, and I think it was a weird thing to have in the game in the first place. That all like you don't yeah, oh, yeah. you don't apply cat pressure when you're incapacitated, but you can deny enemy spawns. Like, and then you're right. There was like the experienced players trying to find one guy that has a grenade, especially when you're a commander, and you're like, I can't just smoke his head. Like, somebody yeah. come over here and need this body. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, against the geneva convention but yes no longer do you, are you valuable in death it's just hold that f screen because we don't wait for medics not yet yeah. um but uh yeah that that is a big update you know small notice and uh players will catch on eventually to that german that'll just, yeah. german tankers are going to notice that americans have been reduced down to two rockets uh german infantry will notice that the uh bulletproof american glass on support and transport trucks are is no longer bulletproof that was something that kind of just creeped in with update 10 and then oh my so goodness that was, yeah. <laughs> that was chaos why isn't he dying you're just putting a I, whole round you still can pull up a tank uh, or blow up a truck with an mg but oh my god was it ever frustrating getting run over by u.s truckers and i got a big thrill out of it but you know that had to be fixed because there was to my like knowledge was there was no bulletproof glass on those <laughs> trucks in I reality love feeling like i was in the pope mobile just driving around the battlefield just like waving at people you can't shoot me anyway yeah. um and then uh yeah i was gonna say um you know so we, we we got this update which you know we talked about on the last show that even it would seem like a long time coming a long time coming but this actually came with mm -hmm. some concrete stuff also uh did you i mean we we've talked about doing more smaller frequent mm -hmm. updates what's your take on kind of like the delay the content in this overall yeah i mean the delay was around 49 days uh from the when the game went live so i mean it took a bit of time to implement it usually it's just like boom that friday we got a hot fix fixing those minor things so it took a little bit of time maybe they had some review period they really tried to grab more in on this and not just like change the little bits that they could do in a couple days um but the player base uh they requested more frequent smaller changes um and i guess they're listening to that feedback but uh i don't think so with the 49 days in between it's the patch itself wasn't really needed because so much time in the pte you'd think you wouldn't you wouldn't you work out all the kinks i guess when you go live it you really see everything, but you know, I, that's why we have a PTE in my opinion is really just try and get those major things out there and configured. Like, I mean, we should have known there's bulletproof glass on these trucks and PTE, and that would have been just a quick fix, but yeah, but product I, I delivered. 
Yeah, I go back to like, you know, what was I think was either update eight, I want to say, where everybody had the the limbs were like bulletproof. Yeah. Iron Man limbs. Yeah. And yeah. like it, like a hot fix was immediately needed. So if I go back to update 10, I don't know if we needed as much of the hot fix and things of that nature um, outside of the Stalingrad performance. That I think was a critical one, especially with how much promotion they had of Stalingrad and the Russian content and everything. Um, but I, I mean, I would be okay. Like, you know, we got this patch now. I think I would be okay with another four to six weeks, maybe to have something else out mm -hmm. because right now we really haven't, we've, we've heard the roadmap for 2020 um, shotguns. I know, I know. We, we shotgun watch twenty twenty. Hans continues. wants his flame and Werther. <laughs> Dude, they've been talking about that that, that flame has been on the roadmap ever and, since. And that that in itself is a conspiracy. I've heard numerous reasons as to why it hasn't been released. Whether it's the animations or it's the actual sound effects or the effect on yeah, like I don't know at this point with when we will ever get to see flames come out of a flame and Werther, you know. <laughs> Well, <laughs> and again, it's always been a flame and werfer. I don't know. I would imagine a flame thrower on the U.S. side would be the equivalent coming in there. I don't know if I've read. I, I can't say I have read that there will be a U.S. equivalent. So just yeah, bearing that in mind. You think it's bad being headshot as an MG player <laughs> until you're like just you know have this orange <laughs> directional area that says shoot back at me. But um, yeah, well, come on, we gotta we gotta hear all those screams that you know the the public put into that. So I mean, I think we're gonna hear <laughs> just about every sound thrown out once that that does go live. But uh, let's go into the debrief 146. What else do we get here? Yeah, 146 yeah. was a, and a lot of these debriefs have kind of been pretty light as they've acknowledged themselves. But 146, one gem I want to hit on is. Finally, finally, we're going to get warfare mode for Omaha. And there's some great points on there. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays. Um, I'm optimistic about it. I'm hoping that with warfare mode comes maybe a little bit of updating on Omaha also, especially those, yeah. but especially those points where it's like you can't drive through the walls as a tank, like as compared to other maps. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the updating's got to be there. I mean, we did it on a few, so hopefully those come through. Uh, it's just small fixes through there. I mean, that, that map's got a lot of barbed wire to get through as well, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Is there going to be a point on the beach? I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, you got, we kind of have points on the beach. I mean, yeah, that's going to be interesting what they do with that whole, like, cliffside and yeah. the headquarters being down. There's, there's going to have to be some adjustments for it, um, but there's a lot of, especially, like, the church in the middle. Um, the what is it uh radar station down south i forget exactly what that point's called There's radar station some, is it radar station okay. <laughs> i think so <laughs> uh i i think that there's gonna be some fun points on that i'm really looking yeah. forward to another warfare map they also talked about a couple other uh offensive modes i think uh foy and carantan coming in um nice if you like offensive mode we don't really don't so mm, yeah Unless I'm playing offense on offense. That's another one. But we've talked about that in depth. And, you know, I think yeah. our arguments are still haven't been quite there. You know, it's I just not it, the full package when I you're playing offensive. It's good for when you set up for the campaign mode to have all mm -hmm. those options available. Uh, but for right now, I think the big nose is Omaha coming in. Uh, but that's about it. That's everything that's kind of coming from the developers. The patch 16. Some new maps, uh, no specific date when. I think, you know, if I had to say my gut, I'm thinking that we're probably going to see about another four to six weeks before we see anything minor. I don't think we're seeing anything major. That's that's an inch on guarantee, folks. Four weeks. Here <laughs> we go. Always put those guarantees on me. Always put those guarantees. <laughs> well, you're usually kind of close, so I yeah. think we can let it slide a little bit. Um, but let's get into the competitive scene. In fact, most of you guys are joining us. Just finished out a nice scrimmage. It's competitive season. We're getting busy um, ourselves. We played it. My match with the lovely people down under um, and, and Heavy D Alliance. Like really, really enjoyed uh the competitive scene as of late it's getting it's getting heated because we're getting into the seasonal session but we just have a wrap up on the 18 v 18s they were completed with 82nd ad beating their new allies in dc in a two to one victory that happened on the 12th and then dc took the first match on flak pits and then 82nd came back to win on artillery battery and hospice 
Oh, I love a good match on hospice, don't you? <laughs> and then I, and then you got to give credit where it's due to ARO, a, a new Chinese community, at least new to me, um, that took the third place finish in the 18v18. So that one was a really good tournament to watch. Really good gunplay. The squad tactics when you're in the 18v18 environment, it's just who can, is the better shooter, who's moving with their squad uh, to effectively control those points. So you got us in here with the HLL Premier League. What happened with that? Yeah, so yeah. before well, before we get to the Premier League hosted by BR1, I also want to give credit to the training camp for hosting the 18 mm -hmm. 18 Second year they've done it. It's, a, it's an enjoyable format, especially for a lot of these smaller communities. But look out, like, if you got 36 of the best shooters in the format now on a 50-man team, that is going to be an interesting one to come to, which oh, we'll yeah. get to in a bit. But you're right. Uh, BR1 and the HL Premier League kicked off. We're now in week three. A lot of the same names that we've seen before. Some of the newer ones. Uh, we talked about that uh, last episode. Went through the whole rundown there. Mm -hmm. uh, as expected, we have five core and uh, out of the European division, still undefeated. And then you have BR1 and TL. Uh, also on the American side, still undefeated. But some good matches going on. Uh, actually, Mosca just finished with his versus Storm, which you can talk about a little bit here. Mm -hmm. um and in last minute right after the episode i told you i expect to see exodus join one of these communities and sure enough they did uh they actually hooked up with 20 pzg had a little bit of a rough start as they had to forfeit their uh first match but it's good to see exodus uh into the competitive season they've uh definitely a uh not new to them so we're glad yeah. they're back in it and running back in with some strides so that's good exactly. to see yep so they will not be defeat uh, def defending their seasonal crowd, but they are in the Premier League, and mm -hmm. I think that's a good move for them to you know work on that rebuild. Twenty PCG, another good community, uh, and I wish the best for them. Mm -hmm. And then we've got in the other big uh, side of things for competitive, the fall seasonal is hosted by WTH. Shout out to Heidegger, of course. Uh, we've got uh, the final team. Uh, in and uh, I mean, it's all lined up. War is in as the 16th team. Uh, we've got brackets released and some items are as expected. So their top four seeding all are in line with our last episode as we predicted. I don't know. I think we're going to have another power ranking episode in here, but it, it held true for the most part with core taking the number one seed. Uh, we had him ranked second in the last episode. Um, you know, again, it's a real toss up WTH core top top two teams doing really good there ranks five to nine about it as expected in that lineup. So um, CNUT is interesting. They're 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 coming in here. That's the Chinese national team. Um, they're coming in at the 14th seed and it's going to be, well, could be an upset in the making. We'll see what happens there, but really excited to see that team get in there as well. So now we're branching across a lot of continents at this point in the fall seasonal. So should be a really good matchup all the way through. Yeah, I think, I mean, every award, was it, was it the uh, uh, Emmys that just happened? You know, there's always the snubs, the the kind of yeah, yeah. things. And, and, and to me, CNUP feels like a snub at 14th seed. Um, uh, it should be some gas in their tank, you know, if that was to me. I, I, I think they're coming in with some, you know, something to prove. So we'll see yeah. how it pans out for them again when we faced them. Really good shooters. Could surprise us. Could surprise yeah. us. So now, since our last episode, you and me have both been able to face off against WTH and Core. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> that's, there's a lot of pain in there. <laughs> there's a lot of pain. Uh, I was gonna say, I, I still, I still don't know. I mean, Heidi or Heidi and the fall seasonal team has Core ranked number one. Uh, WTH as number two, which is a great sign of respect as Heidi WTH puts on the uh, tournament to say, hey, going mm -hmm. into this, we view you guys as better. Um, I'm still, man, I'm still torn on which one is better. And I know we had like a whole 20 minute conversation with Dolph Dahlberg out of there, but according to the fall seasonal, which kicks off this coming Saturday, October 2nd, these are the rankings and it's going to be, it's going to be intense. It's going to be fun. Oh, no doubt. I think it'll be really good matchups yeah. all the way through. Definitely some to watch. We'll have a lot of live streaming, uh, for the fall seasonal and the premier league, I'm sure. So just stay tuned on that. And uh, get get to watch some games like these are going to be impressive all the way around. Indeed. Well, and here's and it, since our last episode, which yeah. okay was a little clickbait. Maybe it was a little clickbait. You know, talking about we're going to rank people and you know whatever. But this is actually something that's awesome. And one reason why I love the HL community is uh, Soxes from actually Core, who which was previously part of the ninety first, reached out and said, "Hey, I've been thinking about getting this ELO system, which is a, a ranking system used in chess." Uh, mm -hmm. and implement over here. I've got the math. I said, awesome. We're actually working 
something uh, similar, putting these efforts together. And if you haven't seen it yet, uh, join the ELL Discord. And essentially, between all the different tournaments and all the individual friendly scrims, it's going to be a way to create kind of a ladder ranking system where uh, tournament hosts or tournament admins can come in and see the full history. Uh, individual communities can see a better kind of idea if they want to pump up or punch up a few levels or maybe go for a little softer who's challenging them, what that is going to be. And I think that's going to be something that really kind of, you know, creates a common thread between all these tournaments and shows the progression of communities as they rise and fall, you know, uh, through the uh, HL journey, if you will. So uh, that'll be down in the show notes. Definitely check that out. Credit to Soxes and the ELO team for doing that. I think that's going to be a great way to uh, promote the competitive scene, organize a little bit more, and then we have maybe a little bit more fairer matchups as we get into these uh, tournaments and might even get a little hunger for those, some of those teams that uh, uh, want to move their way up a pecking order into top 10, top 5, those types right. of so, right. uh, so it'll be good, but... Uh, What's always good, Mosca. It's Mosca Minute, baby. We got to welcome in our friend from all the way across the ocean here. And we're glad to have him back. Mosca, how are you been? I'm very well, very well. I'm uh, between you, you just won a match, didn't you? And yes, I have won. I have <laughs> won versus Stunum Elite from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So um, the, the Spaniards, the Spaniards versus the Brazils, the Portuguese, the <laughs> Portuguese, yeah, yeah, Portuguese yeah. versus the Spaniards. <laughs> we have friends, eh? Portuguese, um, <laughs> Spanish, um, we are quite well. Yep. Good. Good. Now, what, what did you play your uh, recon, your spotter, as always? Yes. Yes. I have a spot. Uh, a few tanks. Uh, for my <laughs> tankers, so all the Brazilian tanks have been destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> they, got, they got their eyes on you. <laughs> so I am Mos so happy. So Mosca, it's been a while since you have been on the show. I know you've been busy uh, doing your. For those that don't know, uh, Mosca is, graces us with his hobby of doing this, but he's a professional illustrator. Been working on that, but. Uh, it's been a while since we've seen a cartoon for you, and I know you had a couple of it queued up. Uh, this one here, let's go ahead and show uh, the the draft of it. Uh, what was the story behind this one? It was uh, the Airhead Inflatable Spawn Waves. Um, okay, the Airhead is a stupid idea. Um, um, <laughs> when I play Hell and Loose, um, I imagine... Um, uh, parachutes with uh, soldiers uh, on the battlefield, but no, they throw a little box in the in the field, and a lot of um, um, soldiers spam from the box. Yeah. So this is my idea about the what is in the box. Yes. Yep. So here, here I love it. The I love version. it. You can That's see you're awesome. just catching it out. <laughs> Final product yeah. right there. The the inflatable spawn soldiers. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> I, I love, I love commander. the commander. Just if you've, ever, <laughs> if you've ever blowed up balloons for a kid's birthday party or something, you got you know your wife or significant other voluntold you for. I, I feel for this commander. Just gonna got to try and tie him up. Bravo, Muska, as always. That <laughs> is just fantastic. I, I love that whole concept around. Yeah, from the commander blowing up the the dolls in there. So <laughs> you, you always grab the right point and moment, man. Airhead. Oh, that's just fantastic. Well, and I was going to say, you know, some of these guys are like blueberries, but now, like, I don't know if I can get myself away that they're just those inflatable punching bags. Like, they're just <laughs> the guys just falling off the airhead and just, you know, somewhere there's an MG just smiling as this is about to happen. <laughs> oh, MG and airhead is a perfect combo for me. Yes. Indeed. Indeed um, well, Moscow, we have here in the chat, uh, somebody's wondering if you actually sell your art. Is there a good link that we can do to support you? Uh, I have no link for my art. Sorry. He has, he has no link. You'll have to no. contact him directly. Yes, <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, don't I have bother too much work. I don't saying. want commissions. I don't want anything. Sorry. Yeah, we just get the, we I'm just happy get the, that I want this. He just wants the Mosca Minute. He just wants the yeah. Mosca Minute. Are you, are you drinking, are you drinking okay. anything over there in Spain right now? Or? No, you got a I have drink? to dinner. So <laughs> no drinks. I want to uh, eat something. Um, a paella, a paella or sangria or gazpacho. Yes. Oh. Mm, gazpacho. We only eat mm. paella in Spain. Yeah, see, I would totally go the sangria route. Yes. I'd be all about that. Like, 
but we'll go out. <laughs> Definitely warm enough for it out there, I'm sure. <laughs> My girlfriend so. wants to kill me. Paella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a moment that all gamers can appreciate right there is like you know hey try to do this and the girlfriend or wife walks in what are you doing i mean okay cry for myself so, no paella for me today <laughs> you tell her that you want a match though a 50 v 50 competitive match against brazil yeah. she, she can let you slide with one <laughs> i have to um, bye all right take care man we appreciate it <laughs> Thank you, Mosca, as always. Thank you. Adios. All right. Adios. All right. Oh, it's been too long since he had him on. You know, the Mosca uh, minute is never just a minute. That's a classic. I, I honestly bring that guy every show, man. He's fantastic. <laughs> the airhead. <laughs> I think that is just wonderful. <laughs> oh, I just want like the MG just popping those little things. And it actually, it actually goes pretty well with the topic because I remember when he was talking about it. Uh, you remember back in World War II, how in preparation for D-Day, there was all those inflatable tanks and everything. Mm -hmm. that we the the yeah, the ghost division. Yeah, that yeah, was uh, a exactly. significant decoys put up, uh, you know, to really mess with, uh, you know, the planning and the wargaming. So it, it was, yeah. I would say, successful. So I think so, it's a good touch a good on history. To, yeah, so I think that's a good way to tie in. So let's go ahead and jump into this. And um, we're going to go through this a little bit, uh, you know, in conspiracy time. So, yeah, conspiracy time. I, I'm not I don't got the tinfoil hat. I've got my. Uh, my University of Nevada uh, baseball cap on uh, re representing mm -hmm. a school that no one really cares about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, if you take the Internet and you take a passionate fan base and put them together, it's only a matter of time before conspiracy theories start happening. And, uh, you know, I, I think like we we're kind of talking about, well, do we even want to dive into this? We were having some fun. And once we started scratching the surface, there was so much stuff that we could just be like, that is so off the wall. Yeah, let's just go ahead and talk about it for a minute. So this is meant to have a little bit of fun with it. Um, if if you subscribe to these conspiracy theories uh, about a video game, um, that's your your once again your girlfriend probably doesn't want to know about them. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we're gonna we'll kind of play this here. So I'm gonna be the conspiracy theorist for this uh, remaining part of the episode. I'm gonna be the guy that just believes crazy stuff. He's over the edge. He's in the I'm fringes. Over, over the edge. And Sean is just playing who he is in real life. So we are <laughs> we are going deep into it. And I, you know, again, we pulled a lot of stuff out of all these Discord channels, and it was like, oh my God, there's so much there um, that we didn't think. And now, you know, here we are with a whole show of conspiracies. So yeah. let her rip. What's our what's well, our conspiracy Digi's going to be the logical mind on this one. So. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> God How far you take me all. over? I'm not. I don't have uh, alcohol in front of me, so oh, yeah, that's, just, yeah. oh, that's why you skipped out on the toast. I'll have to okay. stabilize a little bit. Look at this. So this is. I, I didn't get this into the fridge here, but this is actually my Oktoberfest. Um, my local bar had this a liter of beer with the uh, full on Oktoberfest mug. That uh, that's happening on next show. Some brow, nice. Not, yeah, if not before then. But anyway. All right, so when you kind of look at all the conspiracy theories, it's really, I think you can boil it down to two main ones here. Uh, and the first one is Black Batter's a villain, first and foremost. They're a villain, and they've done this bait-and-switch type of deal. You had this original Kickstarter, and they're just exploiting the masses, and they're, they're exploiting people just what they needed to hear in order to get the money happening, and with the hardcore experience and everything else. And then we're slowly, bit by bit, going more and more to the casuals. And we have this, like, and the console was the final destination and everything. So, um, and they've reached out to Team 17 to accelerate some of that. So that, that's kind of like one overarching conspiracy theory. Uh, the second one is really Team 17 is a villain. Team 17 has taken advantage of Black Matter. And, you know, and to, to, to some parts, you know, uh, Max has talked about their runway with their cash and how, you know, a lot of decisions were made to keep Black Matter employees uh, employed to their credit. But I'm not mm -hmm. that guy. I'm the villain. So, you know, that Team 17 came in and they're just strong arming Black, uh, Black Matter. And they're the ones pushing away from this hardcore roots and going out to bigger markets and everything. And Team 17 is leveraging, you know, there was like out here, you know, one billion dollar market capitalization on a small, you know, black matter development. 
and they're the ones pushing these favorable media outlets and you can't trust them, blah, blah, blah. So here's some supporting evidence to kind of those two on there. Uh, Team 17, first off, is known for games like Worms mm-hmm. uh, and friendly mannered games. Fun if you what? played them. Yeah, fun if you played them. I would have a Candy Crush. No problem with the Candy Crush developer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in that realm, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, but now all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, golf with friends is Team Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Golf with friends does not care about time to kill like a first-person shooter. So why the hell did Team Seventeen get into a tactical shooter like HL? They're also getting into Ready or Not, uh, which kind of goes completely against their DNA. That that just sounds that's suspicious to me. I should have actually had my soundboard. Okay, okay, <laughs> Agent Mulder. Um, look at it this way: Team Seventeen. It, it's just a publisher. I mean, they're doing what they're doing. Um, I, I gotta say, anybody with the know-how and does the research is gonna see that uptick in tactical shooting trends. Like, I mean, they wanted to branch out into that market, fill their boots. You know, there's if you're writing children's book and all of a sudden you have this urge to go up into a teen level writing. What, what, who cares? As long as the content is where it's at, I mean, nobody's going to argue one way or the other. I mean, it's really just a publisher selling something that's new for them. So what? I mean, even so, we've seen the current player pop trend up every single update. So obviously their, their guess was right by going this one. The case in point is uh, just another example. Recently, Tiny Build, which is primarily a family-friendly dev publisher uh, group, and they're known for like Hello Neighbor. I've never played it. Uh, oh my, dude, my six-year-old loves Hello Neighbor. Yeah, so like... there you go. There's the context. Six-year-old. Um, they recently bought Bad Pixel, and you, you know you can hear them. They're, they're notable for their game Dead Side. That's a huge game, um, and that brought financial stability. And uh, it, and they still assured creative freedoms to these uh, these guys to make their games uh, at that. And I think that's something that Black Matter probably stated that they have uh, even with pairing up with Team 17. So it's just yeah. a publisher. Okay, okay. So I hear you, Digi. I hear you. Yeah, this is actually fun to be kind of the mean guy. <laughs> so like, <laughs> this is going to be Inchon's favorite episode. All right. So I hear you. But if you go back to the dev breeze before Team 17 was involved, Black Matter was definitely much more communicative and net- communicative. Um, and now it kind of feels like Team 17 is maybe controlling more of it, not letting Black Matter speak as much as they want to, and kind of suppressing the freedom of speech, which as a God-given American, I hate that. I hate yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys say to that? Mr. Big T- Tennessee over here. Yeah, um, <laughs> as the game and the team grows, like we're Max stated in his last interview, they're up to 70 people. That's a lot of growth in a short amount of time. Um, I think it's just natural to have less time for those lengthy discussions um, with your player base. It's still not like you can't have a conversation, but I think there's a lot going and there's a lot of interconnecting parts that, you know, like are working on this game. And it's it's like I, I me and my personal work, like I can't start and stop on something and, and do this and do that. You, you really have to have rhythm and flow to it. So like devs like Jambax, Danny, Gretzen, they've all had really frequent conversations uh, with players on the Discord. Um, they've, I mean, most of those players often come back dissatisfied, but with their answers. And I mean, they're always going to continue to push. I mean, players are always going to continue to push what they think and they're never going to be wrong. It's the customer's always right mentality. Right. So I, I think it's like, you can't go to just being extortion, you know, as a, as a player base that, you know, not every question you have has that hundred percent answer. You might get part way because it might not be wanting to leak all those little secrets that, you know, they're working on this and they don't want to spoil it. Um, I mean, some people, some people have gotten to the point of threatening to DDoS uh, the system and servers to protest the state of the game. Okay. I mean, do and this. If, they really took a step back. They took and a step if there's back. There's one thing that re- that should have been DDoS. It's this shiny OP bullshit. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, type deal. I mean, I think this is just an anecdotal story. Once again, this is not the real Inchon. This is evil Inchon. This is just an anecdotal story of an example of why how feedback is just lip service. You know, that the community overwhelmingly came out, united, public, competitive. Hell, I, even if we had console players at the time, I think they would have came yeah. back. And they didn't change the shiny OP. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just reading. 
uh, parsing and summarizing a bunch of feedback. I mean, it, that's posted daily in a large volume on various channels. I mean, it's worthy of a full time job for somebody. And I'm, I'm sure they have somebody that does that. <laughs> Maybe I'm pretty sure that they have somebody that goes through that and lengthy. But I mean, it's it's also you're reviewing this feedback. It not necessarily always agreeing with it. I mean, the customer is not always right. When you have a vision, you have a direction that you know is going to be, you know, what you're trying to strive through at the end. I mean, it, those decisions will get made whether we wanted to them to or not. And then there's still going to be a point in the counterbalance where the consumer's like, ah, I didn't really like that. And maybe they have a slight tweak that comes through it. But I think their overall passion and direction is decided by them, the devs. Um, like, I really think the feedback on individual issues might not make a cohesive whole when combined together. So they're okay. really just, they're trying to get those big chunks out there. Well, and speaking of big chunks, I think it's, you know, a perfect example of a yeah. bait and switch because you had this rush to kind of get to like what I would consider like update seven and everything was going good. And then round eight, you know, we got the uh, I think it was the uh, um, finance department released an outlook and talking about how it's coming out on consoles. And since then, it's really been from my conspiracy you know, perspective that the design choices continuously be made for console port, or you could say for mainly console and let the PC players go by, which buys right in to the bait and switch. What do you guys say about that? And like, it's just another market console market in itself. Like it's, it's really lacking that technical, sh uh, tactical shooter um, games available. So I think black Matter and team 17 is like, just fill this niche. I mean, it's there. Uh, I really think they just wanted to cover that ground and be the first to cover it because you know how that works. I mean, you're first to build that computer. You're probably got to be the first to sell a large computer on a, on a big scale. So I think jumping in there early is going to benefit them because then they can do their tweaks before some rival might come in with another tactical shooter, modify it, you know, any of the big players. This is really smart for a smaller developing team to really jump into this market early, get all the kinks out before those major, major money players come in and try and overload it. Right. If it does well, it's a good, it's a good one to hedge your bets on. I, I think, uh, I think that it was a, it was a smart move to move into the consoles for this game. It well, might cover some good ground for them. And they might be breaking into the market with us first, like mill sim console shooter. But once they're not breaking into is a freaking paid DLC. Okay. Yeah. They're coming in here you know, this was a Kickstarter, nothing really came out. And now they're saying that, you know, we've got some paid DLCs with the update and like it just goes again. So and now are we going to have content behind paid walls? If you read the way that a conspiracy theorist reads, that is <laughs> definitely coming to us, you know? And now it's just Black Matter and Team 17 are just milking the cash cow, regardless of how it comes in. And you could see this in the public, in the play, uh, the public games. You don't see level 200s and 100s before. You see level 10s, 20s, and people leaving. They're just trying to get that new buck and squeeze as much money out of each player as they can. Well, let's be realistic. Again, we go back to it. It's publisher, it's developer. They're in it to make some money and love what they're doing at the same time. So, I mean, I, what they're looking at is this long-term support. Your game has to continue to progress because we only just recently got out of Alpha. It's a new game. They're still trying to make money. I mean, they had that Kickstarter that got the balls started down the hill but it was a long hill to get down until we're at that release point so i mean they're looking at it this way it's non-paid to win microtransactions have been proven to be non-invasive additional cash flow like i mean we got what do we got a new hat like no nothing's been locked into like different weapons different tanks different this or that it's all the same metric that actually you know wins the battles it's just you look different doing it but, but when I, they do i told you so all right. When they do, you can tell me just that. I mean, I, I don't see it coming because that would kill the game. I'll, I'll lose interest. I, I honestly, I can't stand behind a pay to win platform. I don't think it's going to it's going to be a pay to look, you know, and, and just the the apparel and customization on that. The history nerds will love it, so on and so forth. But sales are important at keeping this game afloat. Let's just be rational to it. Um, it's really replacing that player attrition. I mean, you get the old people come out or they stay ready, but you got to have a constant influx of new people coming in because nobody wants to get that title on their game of it's a dead game. That's the ultimate like nail. Just it's a dead game. 
that will not inspire anybody to pick up said game until it's like five dollars on steam you know like <laughs> like that that's at the point i remember we played like black sales or something <laughs> when it was a dollar don't and make, it had don't like conspiracy <laughs> on laugh don't make me and, laugh about black sales it's it spiked for like three weeks but it was a dollar a game but that you know that's all i could do to drive it it had to be that mark. we're not there yet <laughs> we're not there at all and i don't see this game and its current progression being there for some time so okay, maybe, okay. Okay. maybe down that line. But again, the complimentary source to this way of thinking, uh, there's a great book uh, by Jason Schreier. Uh, it's called Press Reset, and it is about the harsh realities of game development. And they are tough. I'm not a game developer, but I, I've seen people write in Python. I was like, whoa, that's a whole different language because it is. And it's yeah. marked by studio closures and non-existent job security. Like, it's a great book. And yeah. case in time again, like, it's got to continue to happen. So we got to have cash. I, I don't like, break character. I don't think let's let's step away from this. If I told my wife that I'm risking our, my family's livelihood, my wife and two kids and the mortgage to go into the game development business, I think there would be a you know divorce papers filed within weeks. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, yeah, that's again okay. Back to character, man. It's exhausting being this angry. I don't think I could be this angry for it's, like. It's a tightrope, and you know that's not you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say okay, so okay, but this is this was part of the fun we had the pre show. It's gonna be evil in Sean, evil in Sean, evil, evil in Sean. Okay, so Digi, compose. <laughs> yeah, you see all this, and you talk about the new players coming in, and the only way that we can even help to retain some of these new players is that design decisions need to be made to the lowest common denominator as far as IQ. It's dumbed down gameplay from what we had before. Now we got pings and map markers and sounds. I mean, granted, the headshot thing is a great thing, but now you know when you hit someone, you know when you don't hit somebody. It's just, it, it we're just catering to the casual Call of Duty player. Ooh, Call of Duty player. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, you're going to get a knock on your door with those kind of words. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think it's like a lot of the game's features are designed to augment the shortcomings of the medium, the game itself. Like you can only do so much in the game. You can do a lot, but it's still you're playing through this medium, you know, blast and, and your mouse and, and now controller. Like, again, there's only so much you could do. You can't like left, left, right, right, up, down, up, down, you know, to do some special combo. It, <laughs> like it's in the real time situation. Like you got to keep it streamlined. You got to keep it flowing. Um, <laughs> I think there's language differences as well that kind of come into this. Like, again, this is an international game. Um, additionally, in the counterintuitive way, the flow of information creates another layer of this complexity and adds to the skill ceiling. Like, again, there's you could do a lot with what's currently there. I mean, there's a lot of good players. You see it day in, day out on these competitive matches. Hell, the, you know, the people with 30, 30 KDs, like that's not me, but I mean, they're making the most of what what's there and you still see like a majority. I, I laughed at a post on uh, the Reddit the other day is like only like 30% have unlocked that got to kill and hell let loose. Mind you, that is still including a player, a bunch of players before the updates and whatever. But see, I told you. <laughs> I, I, st I st it's still like argumentative. Like th there's good players that can get the concept, but there's still a lot of people still trying to get up there. Like nobody's all at the top. Like there's always going to be a skill bracket um, well, with the skills available to them. And I think just further showing how they've dumbed down the game. They talk all about this, the tank overhaul, the armor overhaul. It's coming, it's coming and then yeah. we get it. And it's dumbed down to light, medium, heavy, and yeah. just get the first shot over there. It, it, the, Yes, they made everything consistent because it's easier for the sheep, the sheeple, right? That's it. The sheeple, sheep people, uh, sheep but, people. Yeah, but it doesn't have depth, you know, to like mobility and drive. Like, it's just it, it's clear that they're not making this as a hardcore tactical shooter like they said they were going to. Yeah, well, I mean, the devs are also on record saying that as more tanks get introduced, they will be continuously rebalancing and reevaluated. Like, oh, i.e., the heavy tank is just there's so many of them right now that has got to change. So we're all hoping. Um, I and that's just time is progressing. Like again, they hit to those like really simplistic models of like, okay, make armor more simple. Well, you can expand once you come from a place that's like it's solid. We need to get somewhere solid because tanking's always been. Whoa, you know, you never knew what was going to happen with it because there was just so many inconsistencies. Like you're trying to find that constant 
And then we can start to see that branch yeah, out. And then you see the diversification in the different tanks and how they're going to be played. You might see it. Like, again, I, for one, I'm not a tanker. I will never say I am. And I get a lot of people sending me a message about what you're saying about tanking doesn't make any sense. And I agree. I can appreciate some of the simplification from my perspective if I do hop in a tank. But it does like it, it, it's, it's more like, hey, here's a welcoming into it. I, I still see it changing, but they got to get somewhere like solid to stand on because it always felt like quicksand whenever I got in a tank. Like I'd either have like a blowout round or I'd get nuked like straight all the way for 130 minutes. So just bring Did some you, consistency. I don't know if you knew this, but Evil Inchon is a tanker. 100% tanker. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Evil Inchon only drives tanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On Foy or Kursk. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You're probably the tanker that gets it stuck in Purple Heart Lane's river. That, the only one that you can drown in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. But even with takes and everything, I mean, the fanboys of HL uh, continuously point to that. Well, the TTK is really, you know, uh, like a hardcore that makes it. And it's just this illusion of complexity to fool people coming straight from something else. But if you actually look at what a hardcore game is, this isn't it. You know, is it um, isn't it? Uh, there's a lot of design choices that have you know, just like safeguard make. You know, don't allow people to make too big of a mistake. Um, you can't, you know, when they change friendly fire to where you can't one hit your own guy, you can't accidentally yeah. shoot your own Sherman if you're an American. I mean, it's just it's just all these little like uh, child look child locks and baby proofing the battlefield for the casual player baby proofing the battlefield i feel like you need to get a t-shirt with that written on it um <laughs> can, get back can that be the next uh, cartoon <laughs> just put some bumpers on everything call it good i my counterpoint to that is ultimately it's just a matter of perspective i mean it might be entry level when it comes to games of a similar genre but it has enough complexity to require a few hundred hours to really master. Like again, every game, uh, there's one thing that somebody's asking a question about in command chat or your squad. And you're like, Oh, how didn't you know? And it's like, Oh yeah. The guy who's got 1600 hours is a little different than the guy that picked it up and only has about 30 hours in his belt. So, I mean, is you don't want to make it too punishing or you're really just going to diminish those new people coming in. Cause like 